This is David Wilson and welcome to episode 29 of On Another Track. Welcome to On Another Track with me, David Wilson, exploring people and places from around the world. A podcast series that takes you where you've never been and probably where you never want to go. On the Track is talking to people we can't meet with face to face. We use remote video technology and software to see what they have to say. Just briefly, um, I would say your name as Gishin, but how do you say it locally? Probably the first one of the first people to actually pronounce it properly. Nobody's talking to the mid-sized companies, you know. How do you get from 10 million to 25 million? And just like in our Society, I think the middle class of business is also shrinking. That's the voice this week of Bryce Gieschen. He's the Director of Customer Experience at Royal Printers Limited. I first got to know Bryce through our lunch club meeting. What struck me about Bryce was his awareness of sustainability issues in relation to the print industry and how he's managed to apply practical things that will allow him to become more efficient, more sustainable and more green, but still upholding quality and great customer service. Not an easy task in a company that's nearly 100 years old. However, what Bryce keeps in mind is not only the customers, but also his employees, who are the bedrock that will take Royal Printers into the 21st century and beyond. I first started by asking Bryce how Royal Printers got started. You know, Royal Printers was really founded back in 1932. Started from humble beginnings, I guess you could say, you know, similar to many family businesses. It's actually my great-grandfather, uh, John Edward Gieschen and his in his garage, started up his his first printing press. And then later on, I guess, in, in life, my grandfather, his son, joined him at a very young age. You know, I, I wish that I had the opportunity to speak to my great-grandfather and ask him all kinds of questions and pass on some of that information to you guys. But I know that when my grandfather was younger, he started out by delivering a lot of the printing on his bicycle. That's pretty impressive because uh, this city is very hilly. So if you you're familiar with New Westminster, that's that's pretty challenging to be delivering a paper around the city. But uh, yeah, every decade, essentially, our, our family kind of further progressed and advanced as you know, as the technology for, for printing changed over the years. And uh, we've just been very fortunate. We're in a we're in a, you know, a commodity driven kind of industry that has survived, albeit changed and, and drastically over the years, but certainly is still alive and, and, and well. So that's a really interesting point you make about the change over the years, because it has been very dramatic in the print industry. What have been some of the biggest changes you've seen and what have been some of the biggest challenges? Well, from a technology standpoint, I mean, depending on how far back you want to go to, if you ask my great-grandfather, he'll probably tell you they're only printing black. And now, of course, you know, at some point in the 80s, uh, color came around and uh, obviously there was online development for, uh, for, for web, web to print solutions. For us on a, on a more personal level, I'm, I'm very proud of what we've accomplished in the past 10 years. We've advanced the efforts towards sustainability in the print world and as you and I'm sure uh, most of your listeners will probably be able to relate to, most people would consider print as somewhat wasteful. There's almost like a stigma towards the industry. There's a stigma towards companies using paper made from trees and for good reason. So that's something that I think our business has always had to fight. But over the past 10 years, we've really uh, shifted our business model towards sustainable printing. And I think that most printers 
will have some sort of sustainability uh, page on their website because most people are aware of this, but at the same time, maybe not necessarily connecting the dots and actually, you know, putting their thoughts into action. At Royal Printers, what we do is we help our businesses essentially uh, reduce their environmental footprint by using a paper that's 100% tree-free. Um, it's called Sugar Sheet Paper. It's our own exclusive brand and lineup of papers for commercial grade printing. Uh, we also have a copy paper division handled through a separate entity. But again, for, for the purposes of printing, the majority of what we print today is printed on Sugar Sheet, which is essentially a, a paper that's made from bagasse or a, a byproduct of sugarcane. And, and basically, we are helping our customers accumulate environmental savings. So every time that they print or every time they use a piece of Sugar Sheet paper, the, uh, the tree savings and the, and the CO2 or greenhouse gas emission savings are all being accumulated in a bank for them. And it's something that they can view online. We also have uh, the ability to print out environmental savings certificates and reports along with the life cycle assessment or life cycle analysis of the of the paper just for them to you know confirm their their savings you know for us i think that's one step in the right direction but for any business if you truly wanted to get at the heart of sustainability you need to take it one step further you need to also con consider you know the the entire supply chain and also your operations so we've partnered with local organizations here for for our shipping and logistics uh, to ensure it's getting to our customers using a hybrid fleet of vehicles and a whole bunch of other adjustments as well that have ensured that we become the most sustainable offering in the market. You know, that's amazing to hear that because that takes a, a lot of time and effort and a lot of energy and a lot of it, you know investment as well. Have you seen some significant improvements in the business, for instance? We have. And, you know, obviously it's it takes time to to get to that point. When people go to purchase printing, if someone's going to go online and make a search, you know, or, or search for something, they're not often searching for something that they don't know exists. So that's part of the challenge that we've faced. You know, we've, we've created almost this new area of the market where we're printing on something that, you know, is not traditional. And as a result, it becomes difficult for the people to find you and you almost have to, you know, share the word, right? So for us, I think that's been the, the biggest challenge. It takes time to develop that new market. But but ultimately what we've seen is is a, is a fascination and a real interest from business. I think that what we've seen the most is that everyone mutually agrees that climate change is an issue and that um, you know deforestation is something we should all be taking a look at. But when push comes to shove, there's really very little appetite to adopt these sustainable measures if it means paying a premium or sacrificing the quality or the performance of the product, right? So it, as an example, think about hybrid vehicles or think about 100% recycled paper or organic fruit. These are all, you know, fantastic products are great ideas. It's innovation at its best. But at the same time, we do not have the ability to, you know, widely adopt this across the mass market because in almost all cases, businesses are also requesting that premium. And I think that's a, one of the bigger challenges. So for us, you know, we really see this as, as a mass market product. And in order for us to get it there, we need to ensure that we're bringing it to the market at a point that's comparable to what they're currently paying. And really make it a no-brainer decision for a business to transition from, you know, paper made from trees to paper made from bagasse. It's quite simple. I'd love to actually just delve a little bit in how you did your research in the paper, because it's quite a story, isn't it? Uh, in terms of finding out the, you know, where you could get a byproduct like that from. But to take the lessons of that little journey of how you kind of navigated that route to, to get to what you've got now. Without, uh, you know, giving up too many secrets, you know, ultimately we have a, a mill partner in, in South America. 
And so really they handle all the innovation on that end. So essentially, you know, we were basically a, a sales and marketing arm, if you will, in, in Canada. Uh, it was actually my father that really pushed that, uh, pushed the envelope there. And he started to, to see this shift in print. And I think that in an industry that is heavily commoditized, you're so used to being, to, to competing on the basis of price, quality, and service. And it's very refreshing to have something innovative and exciting to talk about when you walk into someone's office. And I think that for us, that's that's where the real value has been. It's an extra touch point. And again, our business and all of our customers are continually, every day that we come into work, we have purpose. We we're continually achieving this accumulated savings as a group. And I think that we see our customers as almost this community of environmental saving companies. Oh, absolutely. And I think community comes to the forefront with business now, especially sort of during their tough times with COVID. I mean, it's not just enough now to reach out to people by email or by phone. Um, you've really got to make an effort to make those connections and make them genuine. And I think really what your guys are doing is, like we said earlier on, you're putting your money where your mouth is. You're not just talking about it you're actually living and breathing it and that i i think to be fair would you concur that that really does make a difference in the relationships with your customers it does and i think they see that they see the tangible benefits to their business don't get me wrong i i think that you know for those businesses that are going out and purchasing carbon credits as an example um i i think that's it's great. It's better than nothing. But, yeah. you know, we have to ask ourselves truly how much is that really impacting our environment? And it's not fully negating, you know, the, the impact that that organization is having on our environment. So that's something that we also have to consider, you know, is, is, is what kind of true value are you getting out of the sustainable initiatives of your, of your current organization? So that's a piece of what we offer. And we recognize it's a really important piece. It's definitely a strong differentiator. But as a printing company, at the end of the day, we can't forget the fact that you know, this business is built on decades of service and continued customer loyalty. And we need to ensure that, you know, we're not forgetting about all the other aspects of our business that make us unique and make, make us successful and got us here today. And that's fair enough. I mean, so so really following on from that point, what would you say other than the sustainability, what has made you guys stand out from other printers and other types of similar businesses over the years that you could bring to the fore for the listeners? That's a great question. And it's so easy for a business owner to sit back and make that assumption. In our case, we didn't want to make that assumption because I think that can be fairly dangerous. We see things through a different lens than our customers. Um, so I actually made sure that we reached out to a lot of those customers that we currently have, you know, the companies that are, are, are uh, you know, uh, high value accounts, if you will, and uh, the ones that represent our ideal client. And I asked them, you know, what, what about Royal Printers? you know, makes us unique. Why, why have you been printing with us for two, three decades? A lot of our customers have been printing for, with our business longer than I've been alive, which is uh, quite interesting. Incredible, eh? <laughs> yeah, it really is. But I, after speaking to them, I started to see a lot of these kind of constant threads, right? A lot yeah. of them using the term personal touch to define the, the quality of the service that they're receiving. A lot of them use the word reliability. So it's almost like this this kind of sense that they can rely on us whenever something goes wrong. If, if they need something on time, if they need to get something urgently and they need it to be done perfectly, they can rely on us. And I think that kind of sense of trust is really important. But further to that as well, what you notice is that a lot of these companies tend to be uh, multi-site. They have very complex 
uh, business requirements. And that's not something that every printer can satisfy. So I think that's another area where we stand out. And I'd love to expand on that point a little bit, because everybody thinks that printing is, you know, in the base, most basic sense is going down to the local staple store or whatever it is and doing some photocopying or using, you know, a color copier. And and that is one end of the spectrum, you know, if you just want the basic copies. But you did allude to the fact that there's some specialist types of printing that you do and things that you go to that maybe other printers wouldn't go there. Give me some examples of the type of things that you can get involved with. One of the more kind of unique sides of our business, I guess, uh, if you want to call it that, is the legacy side of uh, rotary offset printing, roll-fed business forms, essentially. So snapset forms, continuous forms. This is how business operated 20, 30 years ago, relying on these forms that are, you know, carbon-coated sheets where it transfers through from part one to part two to part three. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Yeah. And that's something that our business was basically founded on back in the day. And so we maintain that equipment. We still have that. Wow. But not every printer does. That's, again, that's a legacy part of our business. And generally speaking, the print industry has seen a massive growth in the digital space. Obviously, it's lent itself to kind of shorter runs becoming more efficient. So we've seen definitely an uptick in the number of kind of small run printing. So efficiency in the office becomes really important, really critical to be able to process higher volume of small value orders consistently. You're halfway through listening to On Another Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week is Bryce Geeshan, Director of Customer Experience at Royal Printers. Next, I wanted to ask Bryce what it was like to be a kid in the print shop. Could you remember the smells and the atmosphere? The smell actually does stand out. It's funny you say that. You know, I, I, I never forget that. And even when I'm closing up shop at the end of the day, you know, and I'm, I'm walking around doing my rounds, there's a smell within the plant where... It just brings me back to my younger years when I was, you know, 13. That's when I started. And at the time I was cleaning the presses, right? So you really get, you really get the, uh, the solvent and the, and the, and the ink, right? I mean, that's something that you'll never really kind of forget. It's, it's ingrained, but yeah, I mean, I started with my, my grandfather. He was the one that actually brought me in, in, in my summers and I finished my school year head in for the summer and I usually end up, you know, cleaning glue or ink off of the machines and I was sweeping floors and whatnot. Uh, it was great because it got me the chance to meet everyone in the building and become familiar with people. And then as time went on, obviously started taking on some equipment and learning, you know, the the capabilities. Eventually, you know, stepped into the office and, and started working directly with clients. I uh, started going on the road as a uh, salesperson and speaking to people face to face. And then eventually I, I also stepped into a marketing role for a while. And so, you know, it's really just been an evolution. And I think that my background and understanding of our business uh, has obviously gotten me to where I am. But at the same time, what I will say is that when I was in uh, just shortly after I graduated from university, I picked up a, a position at a marketing agency. And I did that uh, with purpose, knowing that uh, there's a li- high likelihood that I would end up back at the family business. And I felt that, A, I wanted to prove to others, as well as myself, that I don't need a position that's handed to me. I can, you know, hold my own. And I think that's really important just for the purpose of gaining respect for those that are around you. It's so easy in a family business, you know, for others to, to look at you as just somebody that was granted this. And, and, and in a sense, maybe, maybe I was born into something, uh, into a position that's 
more favorable. But at the same time, that doesn't come without its challenges, which we can speak to as well. But at the same time, going back to the other position that I held, the other benefit of it was that I really got an opportunity to explore other businesses and how they operate. And I felt like that was experience I could bring back to our family. I'm, I'm very grateful that I did that. And I, I would recommend to anybody that is in a similar position to me, if there's any younger listeners out there, you know, don't squander that opportunity. Get out there, you know, see what business is like in other areas of your community and uh, speak to other business leaders and, you know, learn what other people are doing because there's some really great ideas out there. And I think sometimes it becomes really easy to just kind of get stuck in a silo of, of operation and forget. Yeah. And you know what? And, and I think a lot of people would admire you for what you're doing because it's always difficult to step out of that comfort zone of being in a family business. And, you know, that, that your kind of roadmap is already drawn, isn't it? You know, that, oh, yeah, you're going to go into the business. But you actually, you bit the bullet. You you decided, no, I, I want to get some credibility here. But also I want to learn as well. And, and actually having that forethought, where does that come from? I mean, your dad, from what I gather in our previous conversations, I mean, you already talked about your granddad, but your dad was quite a forward-thinking guy, wasn't he? He was quite a dynamic guy, and he's still with the business. Is that correct? For sure, yeah. And my, my father is currently the president here. He's, he's the acting president. But at the same time, I'm, I obviously remain heavily involved in the day-to-day. Our business is making some some strategic adjustments, and, and so he's kind of leading the forefront there. But my, my father is you know, a very smart guy, very, very smart and shrewd he knows what he's doing he's got a ton of experience and so definitely have picked up a lot from him along the years and and learned from him along the way but you know being in a family business it comes with its pros and cons let's just say that i think that you need to be able to find mutual respect for each other's strengths and i think you have to be brutally honest about what you each bring to the table it's so easy for us to get caught up in seeing that person as a family member and so you look at him as a father figure or he looks at me as his son and we know each other so well that it's like we all, we know each other's strengths but we also know each other's weaknesses you know you, you can't really look at it like that rather than treating them like a father or a sister or a, a brother or whatever it might be you know you you really should be working with them in that kind of professional capacity as if they were your boss or as if they were your employee and that's a tough place to come from. You know, I think you're obviously speaking from lots of experience there, but uh, it's getting to that level of respect. But like I say, not pushing the buttons on purpose to get something out of them or an end result. You know, it's you've got to remain professional. That's the point, isn't it? I always liken it to a long term relationship. It's like if you, you know, when you first meet someone, think about, you know, maybe your wife or, or a long term uh, partner that you had, you know, when you first met that person, it's almost endearing, you talk to them, and, and all you're hearing is the positive stuff. It's that kind of honeymoon phase you might, you know, I talk about, right. And so you see them in that light, just as if you were to hire a new employee, oftentimes, you're going to see a lot of that. But you know, as time goes on, and you become so ingrained in, in their life, and you start to know them inside and out, you know, you come to take them as they are. I think that's just what it's like. That's the difference between working with family and working with new employees, right? Okay, I'm going to do something at left field here. You might not expect this, but Little Bird told me, and you're quite unique in this, talking about marriage, you guys got married on Valentine's Day 2019. Is that correct? I wasn't expecting that. You're right. Uh, <laughs> we did. Actually, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's the most exciting story for your listeners, but I'm happy to quickly uh, touch on that. Yeah, what was the thinking behind that? And, and actually mention your good lady's name, if you don't mind. Yeah, my wife's name is Felicia, and uh, she's a real gem. And But I'll tell you this, uh, I'm not sure if where, where you learned about that, but what I'll say is that um, we uh, actually won 
from a radio contest. My wife won a contest for a free wedding, believe it or not. And this is three months after I had proposed to her. And yeah, she ended up basically submitting a request to the radio station. And sure enough, she won. She had to keep it a secret from me. That was the whole thing was that it was a secret wedding. Uh, I ended up showing up on Grouse Mountain thinking we were going for lunch and friends, family are all sitting there <laughs> waiting for me to get married to her. So it was, it was a pretty incredible experience. Wow. So they are just an innocent question, which, you know, I picked up some information. I thought oh, it'd just be straightforward, but Really? So they managed to keep it secret from you? Absolutely. Yeah. And so that was obviously a huge surprise. Um, and then, of course, you know, there were still some other kind of, uh, I guess you could say, um, you know, parts of the wedding that we, 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 we had always dreamed of or envisioned. So we, we still had a, another event the following year, exactly on Valentine's Day, the year after in Mexico to make sure that we could have all of our family and friends there for for a bigger event, but it was really interesting. I'd love to take the, the listeners on a bit of a journey now because I want to dive a little bit more into the family. We've very briefly spoken about your granddad and your father, but on your mum's side, where did the family come from there? Did you know anything about their side of the family? Uh, so my my grandmother was actually born in Scotland. And uh, so we've got definitely a Scottish side of the family. You see it in my beard. There's a little bit of uh, copper going on there. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's it's a pretty good blend of Scottish and German. So really, the family came from what you know about it. They pretty much came to the west coast of uh, of Canada. You know, pretty much in the Westminster area, of Vancouver. Is that correct? And and it's got the early part of the twentieth century. Exactly. And then the business itself was founded in New Westminster, and it's been in New Westminster since the building that we're in currently. I believe we moved into in the seventies. Before that, we had two or three other. Uh, locations as well as my grandfather's uh, great-grandfather's garage but those were all based in New Westminster in the kind of the same general vicinity so not a whole lot of movement there yeah you know but that's great because it's very unusual these days to actually find a, a business that has that amazing organic growth and the credibility that goes with being well established and we were talking well we're talking nearly 100 years you know 10 years off 100 years which is is pretty phenomenal for these this day and age you know so from your perspective, I mean, you did allude a little bit earlier on to going to work for other businesses and what have you, but what motivated you when you went to school, to university, to do the business course and also to do the digital arts course, I think, that you were doing? What, what was it? Did you did you have in your mind when you were a bit younger, having been involved with the business, that that sparked an interest? Or was it just that you weren't sure what you wanted to do and you went for like a general business degree of, of, of some sort? Yeah, if I'm to be honest, when I first was you know heading to university, I knew that the family business was an option and I knew that it was fairly likely that that's where I would end up because I had you know years of experience there and I still have a lot of pride for what my family has accomplished so um, and to make to make things even more interesting I'm also the only male in my extended family and so at the moment it's myself and my sister that are at Royal Printers we're the fourth generation um, coming up in, in the business yeah it's not like like the Gishan the Gishan name isn't going to be carried on otherwise and I do feel some degree of responsibility to be involved but at the same time I wanted to give myself the opportunity to explore other options and I did. And ultimately, I found myself here. This is, uh, I guess, what I was born to do. That's fair enough. And uh, you talk very interestingly on your blog, on your website, the Royal Printers website, about um, the Generation Z or the Generation Z, as they say, in North America. How is their approach to the traditional ideas of printing and media and things like that? How's that kind of changed from the baby boomers like me in my mid-50s and probably your dad's generation? Do they have a different approach to printing? Do they see it as kind of old hat and really not relevant? 
it's funny when, you know, I talk to my friends about, about the work that I do. I don't think that anybody really finds printing to be a really sexy topic, if I'm being honest. It's, uh, you know, other than what you see on uh, The Office, we get a lot of comparisons to Dun- Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's 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 interesting. There's, it's not really a topic that really, you know, many, many people are talking about. But, you know, again, I think that that makes the topic of sustainability even more relevant as we go forward. I think it's just going to become more and more important to... Uh, you know, to ensure that we're talking the same language as other generations that are going to be coming up and driving our economy moving forward into the future. From Royal Prince's point of view, again, without giving too much away, what do you see the future for you guys? I mean, in terms of what's around the corner, you know, where do you see yourself taking the business potentially in the next five or 10 years? I think that a long-term vision for us is really to advance the opportunity to use SugarSheet in a variety of applications. We would like to see SugarSheet and we, we, we essentially, our vision is to create a world where trees are no longer used to make paper. You know, obviously that's a pretty daunting task. There's a lot that would need to ha- need to happen for sure. But uh, I think making it available in all forms of, of print, of it cost efficiently, I think is a really important thing that we need to consider doing uh, as we move forward here. So, you know, that's pretty much as 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 far as I can say right now. But uh, we've got some, we've got a lot of ideas. Let's just say that. You know, and it's very reassuring to hear that from somebody so young as yourself, because you're not just thinking one dimensionally, you're thinking in three or four dimensions. You know, you're thinking about you know, how you're going to transport the products, as you said earlier on, you know, using sustainable you know, transportation as well, which I, I just love. And the fact that you are actually embracing digital technology as well, you know, it's not going to go away. The point is you have to you have to run in tandem, don't you? You really do. That's right. It's a transition for the time being. Anyways, there's a demand in both areas. There's a, a need for both. OK. And so if um, somebody was in a position that you were when you were kind of, you know, just leaving, you know, grade 12 going to university and you know print really interested them and the, and the digital world interested them and, and and that type of industry what would you suggest to somebody you know what to look at in terms of business courses or you know the types of areas that you would need to go into so make you really set up for this type of business i think that it would depend on the role that you wanted to play within the company so i mean obviously within our business we have a, a pre-press department if you wanted to go down the pre-press road, then obviously you're going to be looking specifically for graphics design courses. Uh, if you wanted to be in sales, for instance, um, you know, there's I could recommend a lot of different options there, but uh, I don't think it needs to be print specific because, quite frankly, I think that it's a topic that can be learned. Uh, I think the real key in sales is just to, um, you know, take a lot of courses, continue advancing your learning and put your learning to practice in, in some form or fashion. So it really just kind of depends on the role that you want to play. But if you're interested in printing as an industry and you and you really just like the topic of print and you're not exactly sure what role you are going to play, there's a lot of great community college type programs. You don't necessarily need to go to a university. You know, locally here, there's a school called BCIT. and BCIT offers a diploma in, in that area. I can't recall the exact the program, I believe it's called GTech. Yeah, I would say stick to the community college type thing. And there's a lot of great programs uh, for people that are looking to go in there. And if you had something that you would say is the favorite aspect of the industry that really still brings back those great memories, you know, the things that really induct the passion within you for the industry, is there one thing that really sticks out from the print industry that you still absolutely adore? No, I can't say specific to the industry. I, I really, I think what really 
drives me beyond sugar sheet and the advancement of sustainability and business. I think that also it's just our people. I love the working with the people that we have here. And, you know, again, we've built such great connections with all of our staff members. We actually have plaques on our walls here that show people's names for those that have hit 20 year milestones, 30 year milestones and 40 year milestones. And there's almost an equal amount. There's about 10 names per board. You know, it goes to show right? How much uh, loyalty we've had from our, from our staff over the years and, and being able to work with these people is a real, a real pleasure. So I think that for me is one of the biggest things that keeps me, uh, keeps me motivated. And that blows me away, you know, cause again, you know, you've got a well-established business, nearly a hundred years old, but you've got that loyalty from your staff. People are going to be asking the question, what is the secret? <laughs> I think there's a few things, but you know, um, I think, We've always, you know, done what we can to kind of stay ahead of the curve just from a compensation perspective. And I think that's really important. But beyond that, you know, what can I say? I, I, I think that the company is 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 somewhat well structured and I think people feel like they're part of something and there there's a there's a purpose behind what they're doing. But if I had to be honest, you'd probably have to talk to them and ask them what <laughs> there you are. Obviously, we're, we're doing something right. And, uh, you know, with that said, of course, we also have obviously a very long history. And so if you look back, you've got a lot, a lot of people on that board are, you know, people that worked here in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. As we move forward, that's a challenge I think a lot of businesses are going to be facing is this kind of lesser expectation on the number of years that an employee is going to be uh, giving to a to any given company fair enough okay i'd like you to just obviously tell listeners how they can get a hold of you or get in contact with you if that's possible again repeat the name of the company and if you've got a website that they can link into and then possibly an email address website is royalprinters.com very simple and uh, if you wanted to contact me my email is bryce at royalprinters.com and you can also find me on linkedin if you'd like Um, always happy to you know speak to other other people in a similar space, not not even necessarily in in um, you know in the print industry. I, I really like talking to people from from all other industries that are facing potentially uh, you know similar business challenges and try to brainstorm you know solutions to those challenges. So feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn as well. It's just Bryce B R Y C E, and last name is Gishen G I E S C H E N. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for that. One quick question before we go. Um, if you had your time again and say you were 18, what would you tell yourself? If I could go back in time and, and, and tell myself something. I don't know. You know, it's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. But um, I suppose I would just tell myself to stick with your gut, you know, stick with what you because at the time I knew in my gut that I knew what direction I was kind of leaning towards. And so I would probably I'd probably say that. But then again, you know, if you ask me that same question, if you give me a day to think about it, I might change my answer. So We don't want you to do that. I think that the gut reaction is the important thing. And you're not far off the mark because many people say the same thing. You know, trust your gut. Trust where you think you might be going, you know. One of the other things that I would like to say is to just say thank you very much for being on the podcast, Dave. It's been a real pleasure to speak to you. And I know that, like I said, we met on a different format before, but you very kindly came back and, you know, granted me some time with you. And I know how busy you are. So thanks again. I wish you the best of luck with your business. And uh, yeah, look forward to see how it goes in the next couple of years. For sure. Yeah, thanks for having me, David. You've been listening to On and On The Track with me, David Wilson. My guest this week was Bryce Geeshan, bringing the printing industry into the 21st century. Remember, there are more conversations coming up in this series. Just look out for On and On The Track with me, David Wilson, on your local podcast platform and subscribe. 
This has been a BritCam production for Urban Aspect Incorporated. Keeping us safe on the roads of North America.